You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Swing and a drive. Right field and deep. Back goes Aquino. It's got a chance. Gone. Get out the tape measure, long gone. Fly the W! Cubs fans, it's time to fly the W with Dustin Rhodes and Paul Crawley Jean. You are listening to the Fly the W670 podcast. This is season two, episode number 21, a world baseball classic. For the ages, don't forget to listen, download, review, and most importantly, subscribe to our podcast. Follow us on the socials, Fly the W670 on Twitter, Instagram, and Fly the W on Facebook, or email us, Fly the W670 at gmail.com. Crowley, happy Thursday. Happy one week officially from opening day. It, you know, it's it's getting exciting, man. News is flying like crazy. Uh we're right there, and and it's it's been. I think it's been a fun off season. I think there, there's been a lot happening. Whether you talk about, you know, all the off season moves the Cubs made, um, to the normal spring training finally for the first time in years, throw in the World Baseball Classic, and this has been a fun off season. And and I've been glad that the listeners have been along for the ride, and I'm excited for what this season holds. Absolutely. The anticipation is growing. I can feel it uh, with you and I doing this podcast. I can feel it on 670 The Score. Very exciting. One week from today, Cubs home opener taking on the Brewers. We will get to who is going to be the opening day pitcher in a few minutes. But first, Crowley, since the last time we podcast, the Cubs have played a handful of games, and they are playing one right now with Wes Nasty on the mound on this Thursday afternoon. Yeah, we talked last episode about how streaky this Cubs team is. You know, win streak, losing, win streak, losing. So now they're on a three-game winning streak. Um, on Tuesday, they, the Cubs beat the Royals 6-2 to two in a game that was shortened a little bit because of rain. They only went six and a half innings. But uh, good to see the Cubs offense come alive, scoring six runs on eight hits, going three for nine with runners in scoring position. Jamison Tyone, who hadn't started a spring training game in a bit, pitched five innings, gave up two runs on four hits. No walks, but nine Ks, Dustin. So that's that's pretty nice to see, huh? Very nice to see. I really was impressed with the nine Ks and to go along with that, no walks. Right, and he gave up a two-run home run to MJ Melendez in the third. They only used one pitcher out of the pen. That was Mark Leiter Jr., who I mentioned on the last podcast, has a really good chance of taking uh, Brandon Hughes, what we thought was going to be a spot in the bullpen. He pitched one inning and struck out all three batters he faced. We learned some news today about Brandon Hughes. Uh, like I said, on the offense, the bats broke up. No one wants anything to do with Ian Happ. He went one for one with two walks and two runs. Eric Hosmer with an RBI single and a walk. Christopher Morrell hit a laser beam home run. And Patrick Wisdom, two for four with two RBIs. He, he has had one great spring. So Yes, he has. Yes, he has. And Christopher Morrell, Crowley, is going to make it hard for the Cubs to make a decision here. Yeah, he, he really – he. he but see, that's the thing about Morel is that he gets really streaky. You know what I mean? Is that they're, they're, he'll go for a streak and really struggle, and then he'll he'll all of a sudden just start ripping it up like he's doing right now. And that's where I, I don't think the Cubs' mind has changed over the last couple games on where he's starting the season personally. Okay. On Wednesday, Wednesday. Yeah, let's get into Wednesday now. Yeah, the Cubs traveled to their former park, Ho-Ho Camp, to take on the Oakland A's. 
They did not have a starter go in the game. Drew uh, Smiley pitched a minor league game. So the Cubs used nine different pitchers, each taking an inning. Adbert with the first inning, followed by uh, Boxberger and Michael Fulmer. Rowan Wick gave up a solid home run. Anthony Shocking. Kay. Shocking. <laughs> Anthony K. Julian Merriweather pitched scoreless innings. Rucker gave up two hits and a run. He struggled a little bit lately. Uh, Ryan Baruki and Eric Stout finished up without giving out a run. The three Cubs free agent pitching signings that they made this year, Brad Boxberger, uh, as far as the bullpen is concerned, Brad Boxberger, Michael Fulmer, and Julian Merriweather have not given up any runs this spring. And so that that's, you know, like I said, the Cubs just do a really great job of identifying those guys. So uh, excited to see what they do this season. And then on offense, Cubs had three home runs. Cody Bellinger with a solo home run. Edwin Rios with a two-run blast. And then Christopher Morrell hit a home run in consecutive games. So he appears to be heating up like we talked about. The Cubs won far afforded two. I still, we talked about Morrell. I think the idea of a wisdom and uh, platoon with wisdom and Rios at third, you know, it's just really interesting. I mean, obviously, I, I love Christopher Morrell. He is honestly one of the nicest guys Met him, got to talk to him at Club 400. He visited with me a little bit at uh, spring training. He's awesome. I just, I just think that. And and the funny thing is, he's a fun guy. He's such a fan favorite. Uh, I don't know if you saw this, Dustin. There was one spring, the one spring training game that got called in the fourth inning. I think it was against the Reds. It's pouring out, and everybody's running to the bus, and he's just sitting there signing autographs. Such a great dude. I hate the fact that I, I, I really feel he's going to go to Iowa, but that's. Like I said, he needs the everyday at bats. He needs to recognize breaking pitches, uh, and you have a platoon situation here. You got Patrick Wisdoms, who's having a, just an unreal spring. He's he's a right-handed batter. We know that about P. Wiz. He's he's slashing 357, 438, 536, four walks, 12 Ks, 10 hits, two doubles, one home run. And then you got Edwin Rios, who's a left-handed hitter. You could bat him against righties. He's slashing 206, 308, 618. With three walks, 12 Ks, seven hits, one triple, and four home runs. He's definitely found his power stroke in spring training. There's no doubt about that. That's not a bad little platoon. I could I could I think I could live with that. Right. And 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 again, if you can sit there and, and limit how many times Patrick Wisdom has to face right handers and vice versa with Edwin Rios, you know, you, you have potential for some really good pop, which is what this lineup really, really is lacking. So Again, people forget how young Christopher Morrell is. People forget he, you know, he jumped over AAA, didn't even go to AAA. So I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that. I, I, boy, it's just, he's just such a good story. I just, I hope the best for him, and I, and I hope to see him in the majors sooner rather than later. You know. Amen. Uh, like your your guy Hayden Wesniski has is, is on the bump today. He's gone four point two innings so far, four hits, zero runs, one walk four strikeouts. So I think it's fair to say we're, we're a week away. I, I don't see any kind of situation barring injury uh, that Wesniski's not your fifth starter. I think he's earned it. I think he's had one heck of a camp and I think they're going to give it a try. Yeah, he's definitely earned it. They may not need him to do, be in that role right away, but there's no doubt that he, that he has earned that role. He has had really impressive. I mean, maybe one of the most impressive springs of any starter. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, you know, I would have loved to have, you know, in a normal year, what Javier would have Assad would have done, and if that would have kind of really, um, you know, but I, I think with what Javier did in the World Baseball Classic, he set himself up for a nice role in the bullpen, uh, especially with Keegan kind of struggling a little bit with the velocity. Hopefully you can get some more info from Tommy Hadovy about that next time he's on the Mully and Haw show. So yeah, Absolutely, um, next week, hopefully. The Cubs do lead four to one. Just so you know, it, uh, Tucker Barnhart is the one who had who drove in the run for the Cubs. So it's a pitching duel right now. So we're we're kind of just waiting and seeing what happens here. But Dustin, the Cub, there was a ton of Cubs news today, and and that's just what happens when we get close to spring training, right? You you get to the point where uh, this news comes out, whether it's from the baseball ops or the business ops. There's just a lot to talk about. Right, you got to get that roster down. Guys are moving. Guys are going to different camps. Other assignments, absolutely. And then from the business side, what you know, what what are some new things that are going to be happening? What what are you going to have at the ballpark that's new this year? Uh, both sides of Chicago, both baseball teams are doing that. I, I saw it today, so uh, just a lot of action. Uh, right before we came on, literally minutes before we came on, roster move: Esteban Kairos to the Phillies for cash consideration. 
that's fine with the huge cluster that the Cubs have with the infielders as far as all the infielders from McKinstry, Cairo to Delucio. I mean, just go down the list. Um, Bodie, uh, God, I'm trying to uh, – Magical. You know, we just have a, a huge list of these guys. You know, it's it's you had to start getting rid of some of them. So thank you, Esteban, for your service. He's going to be on the Daily Random Cub Twitter one day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you remember that guy, Esteban Kairos? All right. Uh, so roster moves, Nelson Velasquez option to Iowa. You know, he was one of the guys. He was a long shot for that right fielder spot. He uh, had – so, you know, he was – he did okay uh, last year for the Cubs, but he just, like I said, he didn't, you have a very short time to make an impression in the major leagues. They're not going to let you kind of ride that out if you're struggling. And so he didn't get every day at bats and, and, you know, this spring he didn't do much. So he's going to be optioned to Iowa, Sergio Alcantara, David Bodie, Nick Birdie, Ben DeLucio, Brendan Little, Matt Mervis, Dom Nunez, Manny Rodriguez, and Cam Sanders all reassigned to minor league camp so that was 10 cuts that were made today yeah I, I hate to be right about Matt Mervis but he's just not the right time yet for him he'll be here someday he's going to be good someday just not going to happen right now Matt Mervis was definitely the big name on this one that you know just after everything that happened this last season Nick Birdie really opened a lot of eyes in camp he's healthy um, he really impressed Cam Sanders I would say if he's not up with the Cubs by the All-Star break, I would be absolutely stunned. Uh, he has he has had some of the most, like I said, him and Jeremiah Estrada have been my two guys that I've just been so impressed with. You can put Nick Birdie up high on that list. David Bodie had a great spring, but I, I think, I mean, I think they know what he is, you know? Yeah, if they have, if they have an injury, the first guy they're going to bring back up is David Bodie probably. Right. So they know what he is. And, and, and here's the thing is that we're getting to the point where other teams are having injuries and, and they may be looking at other teams rosters and, and it, it, you're going to kind of, you got a log jam in this second slash short slash third baseman role in the Cubs. So I think that it wouldn't surprise me if, if you see injuries that the Cubs end up making some moves to get rid of a few more of those guys. So like I said, some of these guys will be up quicker than others. Don't know just yet. We also had some injury updates. Yeah, David, some, and, and good and good injury updates, I think. Well, some good, some not so good. Uh, David Ross told reporters that Seiya Suzuki will start normal BP, hitting in the cage, throwing from 90 feet, and light base running as well. He's going to stick around in Arizona for extended spring training, work his way through the minor league rehabs. But, uh, you know, good to see that. You know, bit by bit, we're hearing more and more that say is kind of doing better and better. He'll be back before May 1st, I think. I, I would hope so. That'd be good. May 1st, sure. I, I can deal with that. It's We talked a little bit about um, Mike Talkman and stuff like that. Mike Talkman is not on the 40-man roster. So if you were to add him, then you would have to take someone off the 40-man roster. And I don't know if the Cubs – so the, for the Cubs, they have to kind of get a general feeling for how long – he's going to be out. So it'll be interesting to see, but good that he, you know, the, the quicker, the better, obviously they're a better team with say on it. Oh, for sure. But it's good. I mean, I think this is a definite step in the right direction. I don't, I don't see this going backwards. I see this going forwards. Right. And as, as long, like I said, obliques are tricky, but fingers crossed. Uh, Kyle Hendricks told reporters he has three bullpen sessions left and still he's t until he starts throwing live BP Again, I, I still am on the belief it's going to be, uh, you know, June or even maybe July before we see him. I, this, I know it sounds good, but this process takes some time to build it up. And I think a lot of it really depends on how the Cubs are doing and how bad of a need they have for pitchers. You know what I mean? Right. And hopefully they won't need one right away. So hopefully it won't be an injury that is accelerating that. But then it could get the uh, the bullpen a little bit more robust if you're able to add Kyle back into the five every fifth day thing. Uh, just so you know, the game right now just got tied. Corbin Carroll tripled on a line drive to right fielder Patrick Wisdom. Uh, Geraldo Perdomo walks, and then there was a throwing error by pitcher Hayden Wesniski. So it is tied. Uh-oh. But, but he is out of the inning, so we'll, no big deal. Um, back to the injuries, though. Brandon Hughes said he's dealing with a left knee injury. The last time he's appeared in a game was last Thursday. We talked about this on the last podcast with uh, – Keegan's velocity and with Brendan not having the greatest spring and and maybe this is part of it maybe that knee injury is part of it but that's where I kind of feel like Mark Leiter is definitely 
looking like he may have a roster spot and the Cubs will not have a left-hander in the bullpen. That's pretty crazy to think about, but at this moment, it looks like it's not going to be. And then Cubs, this is where the news starts getting a little bad here, Dustin, but uh, the Cubs third base uh, prospect, James Triantos, we had him on the fly, the uh, W podcast last spring. Great, great kid infielder. He was on the Myrtle beach Pelicans. He's going to undergo surgery to repair a meniscus in his right knee. Looks to miss six to eight weeks, not the end of the world. He'll get his season in. He'll get his work in. But, you know, wishing James nothing but the best. Great, great guy. And then the Cubs last season drafted Nazir Mule. And unfortunately, he's going he's going to undergo Tommy John surgery. Nazir was one of those guys that I was really, really, really wanting to watch. He's a two-way player. He pitches, and he also plays shortstop, and, and he can play a lot of other position. He is an athletic freak and I really wanted to see what he would do this year. His season's done. So that's kind of some bummer. That's, that's a bummer so far, you know? Yeah. You know, we'll get to see him, you know, but it seems like now Tommy John is not what Tommy John used to be. Right. No, it's almost like, it's like everybody gets, it's not even that big of a deal anymore. Uh, But now we got some news from the Cubs about opening day. Marcus Stroman, breaking news. He will be the Cubs <laughs> opening day starter. That news comes via Marcus Stroman on Twitter. So, I mean, there is no doubt about that, right, Dustin? No, there was no doubt about it. But I did say this morning on the show that I didn't know if a guy that couldn't bother to get himself to CubsCon deserved to get the ball on opening day. Definitely opening weekend, but I don't know if I would have given him the ball on the old opener. Right. I mean, trust me, nobody loves Cubs convention more than me. And, 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 and I wish he would have gone. I, I think that that was... You know, I don't know what was happening or what was going on in his life, but as far as the guy, I mean, I don't, I don't know anyone else he would have given the ball to, to be honest with you. So. Pretty unique, though, that he's the one that lets the news out via social media. I just think that's where we're at today in this world. I think uh, trying to connect with more people, a younger audience, and uh, I think they accomplished that. You know, Stro, he loves chatting on Twitter, so you know that that's that. So there's going to be a really cool 2023 opening day pin for the first 10,000 fans that get into Wrigley. Season ticket holders, as per tradition, will hold the American flag on the field. There will be a flyover, and the national anthem will be sung by Mr. John Vincent. And Love first, it. first pitch and stretch by 2023 Hall of Fame Ford Frick Award winner Patrick Hughes of 670, the score, the Pat and Ron show. Absolutely. Uh, how exciting is that for Pat Hughes? I mean, opening day pitch. Very, very cool. Yep, very cool. Now, there are some changes that I want to make our listeners aware of, especially those that are going to be out on opening day. Uh, at 20, you know, gates, this doesn't affect, this isn't going to affect opening day, but if you are going to games, especially in April, it used to be, Dustin, that the gates would open two hours before game time. That's still going to happen on the home openers, on Saturday games, and special occasions. What that means, special occasions, I do not know. But every other day, you know, if it's not a special occasion, I'm guessing Mother's Day or some days like that, I guess holidays maybe would be my only thing I could think of. But I think now it's going to be 90 minutes before first pitch. So that was kind of surprising to me, you know. Is there a reason behind that? Do you don't like that? I'm hearing if I'm interpreting your voice correctly. I think that's a, that's a fair amount of time. Does that mean we're not going to get to see any batting practice if we go in that? that well, late? you're going to see batting practice, but you're not going to. So if if you went in, and and me being the bobblehead junkie, first in line to get the bobblehead, I'd run in and grab it, and then you you could watch the Cubs BP practice. Chances are you're not going to see Cubs BP practice anymore. You will see the visitors BP practice, but not the Cubs. Um, you know, does it affect me in a major way? No, I know, but I do know a lot of people that like to go in there and kind of just like to hang out in the park and, and see BP, the Cubs BP and all that stuff. So a little surprised. I heard it's something more in line with other teams do, but. Okay. But the uh, rest of the stuff that we're going to talk about and the rest of the stuff I've seen on social media, pretty cool, pretty exciting. Yeah. The Cubs will unveil the CD Peacock trophy room. Uh, it's going to be inside the marquee gate entrance. It will house the 2016 championship trophy, uh, the NLCS trophy. So I, I don't know what exactly all is going to be there, but it's going to be open on game days. So obviously the Cubs never really had a trophy. So, you know, it was kind of one of those things that, uh, you know, I, I forget who said it, but someone, t- when the commissioner handed Tom Ricketts 
the World Series trophy. He said, now you got something for your trophy room. And Tom said, we don't have a trophy room. So, uh, you know, it's good that they're going to have it. If you remember when the Cubs won it all, they used to have it, uh, the trophy in Gallagher Way, and you used to be able to get a picture with it. It was right next to the Cubs store. Yeah. And and they, they took that away the last couple of years. And so it was low, the trophy was located inside the, um, the the Gallagher Way, the office building where the front office uh, meets and people go. So, I mean, I got to go in there and see it a couple of times, but it wasn't for the general public. You couldn't go and see the trophy. You couldn't get a picture with it. So I think that's awesome that people are going to have a chance to do that again. Well, and it's it did- for the people, right? I mean, that, that's what it's for. It, it should be something that, that the, the, the fans get to do, get to see, get to walk past, get a picture with. And it sounds like in this situation that that will be how it will be moving forward. Yeah, and I'm, I'm hoping that they have some different awards in there. I know that they have them, again, they have them in the uh, Cubs store. They have them in the office building, different gold gloves, different, uh, different MVP awards that they kind of have. That players, I don't know if they donated them for a, you know a period of time or what, but they're there. So I'm I'm interested to see what's in there. Now the big uh, other big news is commemorative tickets. I love this, Crawley. I love this idea. Yeah, it's going to cost eight dollars if you're interested. But all tickets, all your Cubs tickets used to be paper, right back in the day, and then the Cubs started moving towards digital tickets and so for a while you can have paper tickets and digital tickets so as a season ticket holder i would get my box that would have like you would tear out your tickets and it would have like a little ticket booklet but i also had the digital tickets so for me as a season ticket holder it made my life easier that i could just zap it on my phone and send you dustin a ticket instead of having to worry about giving you a physical ticket but at the same time i'm a huge ticket collector and i have stubs from some very famous games I have all my 2016 tickets. I never cut them up. I sold everybody them digitally. So I have the whole book from 2016, including the playoffs and World Series, completely uncut. I have the the you know the the game. I have stubs from uh, the David Bodie Ultimate Slam. You know from my kids' first games. Those type of things. So you you know there 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 is a market. Like if you want to get like oh, a cu- huge market for tickets yes yeah for ticket stubs if you want to get a world series stub depending and like i said if it's uncut they're worth a lot of money uh carrie wood 20 strikeout game is one that comes to mind that's worth a ton of money because if you're if you can find one in good really good condition because it was raining that day it was an awful day it was like ten thousand people maybe tops in the stadium and so if you're somebody that has those i've seen them go for about a grand wow so, you know, now, but now, like I said, the only thing that kind of bothers me about this, I like the idea. One thing that kind of bothers me is I think that you can pick up a, you anyone can get a uh, ticket, a commemorative ticket. If you pay the $8, I, I was hoping it would be more, you had to have a ticket to the game. Yeah. I think you should to have to have it. Well, I agree with you. I think you should have to have a ticket to the game. That would make it a little bit cooler. So that's, that's another thing. Um, as far as some food outings, there's going to be a small Chevelle burger stand opening in the bleachers. It seems like the bleachers always gets the best stuff. And the neutral zone, it's some sort of vodka seltzer drink. It's going to be a concession, an outdoor terrace that will offer concessions on top of the Drafts Kings Sportsbook. So that's going to be on the right field side. So, you know, I might have to do a little bit of walking and exploring. That's the opposite side of where I sit. But it might be cool to see there. I'm, I'm really just hoping for some more variety in the grandstand. I feel like the bleachers, you know, whether you're talking about hot dogs or some of the other things that they have, this new Chevelle burger stand has like a huge variety of food, whereas like in the, the grandstand, not so much. So hoping that they have more food offerings. This this terrace sounds interesting. I'd like to you know check it out. Hopefully it'll be ready on opening day. I'm not sure. All right. Talk about the 26 ounce beer bats. You talked about that when you were out of spring training. Now they're bringing them to Wrigley, huh? Yeah, Dustin, I don't think this one was thought through very well. I'm, I'm going to tell you something, Dustin, is that, uh, you know, I talked to you about spring training. You don't really worry about the wins and losses, the bad umpire calls, you know, whatever. You know, most of the time, if you're going to spring training, you want to see the players, right? You want to see, oh, there's PCA. He's going to be up soon one of these days. I get to see him in a game right now. Those type of things, like, I, I, I'm going to be able to watch all the other – I've seen – uh, Patrick Wisdom play. I've seen Nico Horner play. I'm there to see kind of young guys. I don't really care about the wins and losses. But, you know, when all of a sudden the games count, or if you're cold and miserable, or you've spent a bunch of money, I, I'm just worried. First of all, they're expensive beer bets. I think I paid over $30 to drink 30 ounces of beer. 
I don't think it's the best bargain out there. Um, (laughs) I did it just, I I did it just to say I did it, but I would say that for me, uh, like imagine like the fights in the bleachers. If you get, you have these things and guys are just going to start hitting each other with them. Well, are you going to have like, are we going to have the, uh, are we going to have the beers? Are we going to call, what are they going to call these? The beer bat snakes now are you gonna be able to get these things inside of each other and have this long beer bong if you will floating I... <laughs> around the outfield and then i remember i talked to demp when i had him on the podcast uh you know about there was one time i remember he gave up this was 2007 this was the year of the Przinski aj fight the big punch and then oh, there, yeah. and then when the white Sox came to wrigley on that same year Demp gave up a three-run home run to Przinski, and people were throwing crap on the field. Like, imagine if all of a sudden, like, you know, the Cubs blow uh, a lead, or let's say there's a fight on the field and fans are fired up. I'm guaranteeing you know, those beer bats are getting flung on the field. Oh, yeah, I agree. I don't think that'll last long. You might be able to get – that. Might be, those might be worth some money someday, Crowley, because they will not last very long. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story. And one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based channel championship team this is the fly the w670 podcast it is season two it's episode 21 a world baseball classic for the ages don't forget to listen download review most importantly subscribe to the fly the w podcast and in this segment crawley interviews russ dorsey great guy national mlb insider for bally sports on the success of the world baseball classic joining me now on the fly the w podcast he is the national MLB insider for Bally Sports. And for a few years, he was with us on the beat with the Chicago Cubs. Russ Dorsey, how are you, Russ? Carly, I'm doing great, man. I appreciate the invite. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you you were a rock star when you were here with the Cubs. I always, I always enjoyed your questions and had fun. And then I got to see you enjoying this World Baseball Classic and being able to cover it. From your perspective, now I know uh, the last World Baseball Classic was in 2017. Did you yep. ever were you in were you a journalist at that time? Were you able to go any games back then? I did not. I did not. Um, was wa- locked in for that as well. And I think the difference between then when I was I had just graduated or about to graduate from college, and this time around when I'm in the business uh, and baseball is my life. It's the excitement, not only of me, but of people around me, because they, pe- you're a baseball fan for life. I'm a baseball fan for life. Like people, they're not worried about us, but it's getting the casual watcher and people who didn't really know baseball like that or didn't watch baseball a ton saying, you know what? This WBC, it looks really exciting. And I think that's been that's been the coolest part for me of the last two weeks was that you got to see baseball center stage and the just the the outpouring of love for the game and watching the game in its purest form was so fun to watch for me now the pool play was in four locations tokyo taichung miami and phoenix 
Were you able to catch your catching games where in Phoenix and Miami? Cause I saw you in Arizona. Yeah. Just in Phoenix, just in Phoenix. So I wasn't able to see the final earlier this week, but I think the excitement level for other countries was apparent, right? Whether it was Puerto Rico, uh, DR, Australia, Japan, uh, Chinese Taipei, like all these teams were like those games in the first round of pool play over in Taiwan were a madhouse when Yu Chang homered back to back nights that those places look explosive. And same thing in Japan when uh, Otani was doing his thing over there. Same thing in Phoenix where you have Great Britain out of nowhere, like giving Team USA a run for its money in pool play. When you're watching Canada do their thing in pool play and then in Miami, the the electricness of Venezuela, Puerto Rico and the Dominican like the I, it feels like each pool brought its own level of excitement. And what I like about the pool play is he also kind of had some really unique stories, you know, countries that you may not think of as baseball hotbeds that kind of get a chance. And, and and so you had the story of Andre Satoria, the, who was an electrician for the Czech yeah. Republic, and he strikes out Shohei Otani. And, and, and you know what? It was just like they were so respectful of each other. Like just like when I was looking at it, I was like, you know, it just, it seemed like the camaraderie between the teams was just something that I've never seen before. Yeah. And I think the one thing, and I wrote about this a couple of weeks ago, uh, is that, yeah, when you, when you have baseball, like here in the States or in major league baseball, there's a language barrier. Guys are coming from different places and you all, you don't always get the, that, that, the, the comfort that guys get when they're playing with uh, in their own countries, right. With their countrymen. And in this tournament, you got to see what I've called baseball in this purest form, where it is uh, culture. It is the love of baseball. It is uh, language not being an issue. And even when you're seeing countries go off against each other, like you, you talked about in this situation, it is a respect for somebody else who loves the game and plays the game like you do. And I think that's why you see so much respect and admiration between players in this tournament, because it's like, man, this is really cool, not only to play for my country, but to see the love that you have for your country is also really cool. And so playing you as a competitor, uh, it's an honor for a lot of guys. Right. And, and like I said, the stories in the pool, my favorite one was at Duque Hebert, who's 21 year old yeah. pitcher, Team Nicaragua. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about what happened with Duque there, because that is just an unreal story. Yeah, you, you go out on the mound for Nicaragua at 21 years old and you strike out Juan Soto and you strike out Julio Rodriguez. And I believe it was uh might have been May Machado. Rafael and Devers. Rafael Devers. Rafael Devers. And at the end of the game, <laughs> a scout comes up to you. How would you like to pitch for the Detroit Tigers? And you sign a contract there and will now be playing affiliated ball. That's fantastic because that kid's life has changed in a blink of an eye. And so, like you said, these stories are amazing. But the fact that this kid was competing at a high level against some of the best players in the world, some that we consider some of the biggest stars in Major League Baseball. Yeah. And when I, when I look at the whole the tournament as a whole, you know, it's like what you said, trying to get the casual fan here in the United States, but also just the worldwide audience yeah. and getting people more interested and so, you know, there was more teams added to the pool this year, which I think helped. And I, and I like seeing more European teams in there just because, you know, Asia, Latin America, North America, hotbed of baseball. But, you know, really interested in kind of maybe seeing, you know, I know they have the London series coming up, the right. Cubs and Cardinals again. So, you know, did you, you know, I thought that the European fans really kind of did a really good job as far as Great Britain and stuff like that. I thought they were fun, you know? Yeah, no, I, I think they were one of the surprises in pool play, right? Like, I think the team that I saw, I saw them in an exhibition against the Milwaukee Brewers before the tournament started. And I looked at that squad and I said, you know what? This might go bad for them. Not because guys weren't trying, just because the talent deficit was so much. Like the Brewers didn't necessarily have their A lineup out there. And it, it was one of those games where you're really grateful for the pitch clock. And you look at Great Britain and this 19-year-old first rounder, Harry Ford is their best player. And so that's a lot of pressure for a young kid. And then the team a week later in pool play was giving Team USA a run for its money and was really out there. You seeing Vance Worley, who you haven't seen in the big leagues since I think 2018, going out there and holding his own. I think for me, yeah, I think it's really cool to see 
uh, a team like that that had very low expectations go out there and compete at the highest level. And so, yeah, I, I understand what you're saying about you know, the field because I do think that added to some of the excitement seeing new countries involved. Uh, biggest field they ever had in a World Baseball Classic. So going into 2026, is that a way you can create more excitement with more countries in there? I think that might be the answer. No, I don't know about you. There's obviously, you know, two surprises for me in the pool play. I, I thought Cuba didn't look as good as I expected. What do you attribute that to? They finished two and two. You know, they advanced to the next round. But when I look at the opponent, uh, you know, you had Italy, Netherlands, Panama, Chinese, Taipei. I just always thought of Cuba when I was growing up as just this dominant baseball island where some of the greatest players right. come. And, and I just feel like they barely beat Australia. They got walloped by the U.S. It just, I don't know, it didn't seem like, I, I, I was surprised by that. Yeah, I, I think when you have, we think of Cuba as a baseball hotbed that's been about what the, the game was in Cuba. You were a kid growing up watching guys uh, come over. I think what the difference has been, and it's really interesting seeing when the WBC first started, right, where you had Jose Abreu playing, when you had uh, Yuli Gurriel playing for Team Cuba, and those guys came over here and became stars in the big leagues in Major League Baseball, and to that point, Yoenis Cespedes, same thing. And you see all these stars that have left the island and come over to the big leagues and create careers for themselves. Well, at some point, you're losing that top-end talent. And Cuba had as much top-end talent as any place in the world for about 20, 30 years there, right? Where you have guys coming over, El Duque, Levon Hernandez's brother. Like It was guy after guy after guy after guy, not only coming over to the States, but making a huge impact. And so after a while, when you lose that top end talent, it's hard to replenish it. Yeah, every once in a while you'll get a Luis Robert, you'll you'll get somebody like that, but you're not gonna have the year to year stars coming out of Cuba like we once saw. So for me, that's why I think they they weren't necessarily at the level that we've last seen Cuba at on that stage. Yeah, they had Luis Robert. Yeah, they had Yohan Moncada, and, M and Moncada played really well. And I know a lot of White Sox fans are happy about that. But you're not, if we, without that talent that we saw for all of those years, it's going to be really hard to compete when those guys are dispersed uh, in, in the States. And, and I got to say, you know, seeing the Dominican Republic not make it out of pool play. I mean, that Puerto yeah. Rico Dominican, but but that was shocking to me as well. You know, with all that, made, that was a lot of major league talent on right. that team to not advance. That was unbelievable. Yeah, that that was it was definitely a a surprise. I, I I don't think it's it's crazy to say they came in as the favorite, even with Japan there, uh, with the the roster that they had initially. Even though they didn't have Vladimir Guerrero Jr., which was a big thing, if he, they had advanced to the next round, they probably would have had him. But yeah, you see a loaded roster like that, a lineup like that, a, a, a pitching staff that's headlined by Sandy Alcantara. You're thinking, okay, this team is gonna at least make it to the semifinal if not the final and win it all. So definitely a huge surprise there. Now, the one team also that surprised me, and it wasn't just pool play, but even if you take a look going into the quarterfinals to the semifinals was Team Mexico. I guess, you know, I just don't really, I, I mean, obviously Fernando Valenzuela when I was a kid, you know, Fernando Mania and all that stuff. But that Mexican team was super impressive, and they played Japan, you know, they had Japan had to come back in the ninth. I mean, that team just looks unbelievable team mexico just played with so much passion you you look at all around the diamond one you're seeing a ton of big league talent right but i think the 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 spark plug for them randy rosarena who is cuban and and had the permission to play for mexico from the the country's president and i think when you look at randy rosarena and every uh, big moment he, he's always there, right? He's always in the middle of it, whether that's uh, in the World Series before, or in the postseason, right before he even became, it was playing in the big leagues uh, full-time. Uh, then he wins rookie of the year. And then every postseason, you expect him to do something big. And anytime the lights are on, he shows up. So to see that guy in the middle of Mexico's run uh, to the semis, it was not a surprise to me at all, but it's really cool that people got to see uh, the star that is Randy Rosarena. Now, Russell, you know I take a lot of pride in being a Cub fan and thinking we're yeah. the best fan base in baseball. I don't care what they say in that boring old town of St. Louis. But I feel like the international fans absolutely rock it. And the one thing I really love is I feel like baseball has been hurt by the 
you know, unwritten rules of the game where you talk about a guy like a Rosarena and, and, and it was almost encouraged where they're wearing like, you know, Great Britain was wearing the robe with the King's hat or they had the sombrero on, you know, and a Rosarena making the catches and making the stick. Right. I think that that was just fun and flair that to me, you know, I could see some like old stodgy baseball guys being like, oh, that's not, you know, you would have gotten plumped in the ribs in my day. This was just fun. And, and, and I think that right. that came across, especially on TV. Absolutely. And I think those teams embraced that and realized like, man, we have an opportunity to have that fun, to have that flair. Obviously, you see uh, countries like that where you have players in Puerto Rico, Venezuela, Dominican, bring that over to the big leagues and add some of that excitement here in the States. But I think it got to a point where every team saw other teams playing like, man, they're having a good time. You saw Team Japan, you know, with Lars Newtbar doing their thing before the game. Guys getting hitting doubles, you know, having their celebrations at second base. Shohei Otani, a guy that's so stoic over here in the States, he goes uh, and plays in the WBC, and you're seeing another side of him. Even Team USA, right, where it's like, well, if Team USA, they're going to, you know, the uh, old, do it the right way. Those guys were amped up. Trey Turner hits the homers that he hits uh, throughout the tournament, and, and that dugout exploded. And so I think it's one of those things where you're like, what could you bot- what can you bottle up? from the WBC and bring it over here to uh, major league baseball. It is that excitement. It is that flares, the things that we've started to see uh, in baseball over the last couple of years or so, where it's like, man, nobody was offended because guys were amped up and jacked up. Everybody's like, man, I want to do this for my team. I want to do this for my country. And we're really excited about this moment. And I think that was felt throughout the tournament. And I love how the, the fans have their, you know, the special chance, they bring in the instruments I mean, it just seemed like there was never any downtime. Like the fans were in it nonstop, even if it was just pool play and not the semis or the finals, you know? And they, 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 it was a, they, each team did a good job of making their fan base feel like part of the team, right? Like in, in Miami, when you had, you know, Puerto Rico going up against the Dominican Republic, like those crowds were insane, electric, if you will. And, you know, every pitch, you know, people are on the edge of their seat. And I think a lot of these guys relish that. And, you know, if you're a guy that played in Oakland or you're playing actually in Miami and then you see those crowds, you're like, man, this is nothing like I get, you know, when I'm playing in the big league. So let me enjoy this moment. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. All righty. So, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here looking here and, and you look at the numbers at the WBC, especially around the world. I mean, when Japan defeated Korea and Tokyo, 62 million people watch. And when Mexico upset the U.S., you had 47,534 people in Chase Field. It's Puerto Rico gets past the DR. 62% of households are turned in. I, I think that the effects of this World Baseball Classic are going to reverberate for a generation. I think that there are going to be kids, ten, you know, they're going to play maybe in, not in the next WBC, but the following WBC that are going to be like, I got into baseball because of what happened in 2023. 100%. Right. Like, I, and and it's, it's not just about, you know, the final, the way it ended. And that's amazing. Well, I'll get to that part, but like to watch throughout and seeing people have a love and a passion for baseball globally is a very big deal. And I, I don't think we should uh, ignore the fact that not only in the States, but around the globe, people do really care about the game of baseball and to see it uh, in this way with this level of passion and excitement to watch that final where the best player of the last decade, Mike Trout, you know, is struck out by his teammate and best player of this next decade and Shohei Otani it's poetic, right? Like you couldn't write a better script than that if you were an uh, Academy Award winning director. And so you have to take this ball, pick this ball up and carry it over the next 10 years. Uh, if you're Major League Baseball, if you're other countries where it's like we want to grow the game in our own you know, country, you know, places like the Czech Republic, where I think a lot of people are like, I didn't even know that they played baseball in the Czech Republic. Even them like being involved and seeing some of their players have success is important for the growth of the sport in that country. And so I, I agree 100%. I think this uh, reverberates for years and years and years into three, four, five WBCs down the line. And and I don't 
think people understand. I saw a video uh, from, I don't know if it was MLB Deportes or where I saw it from, but they were talking to some of the Latino players and they said, yeah, this is, to some, they said either just as big or bigger than the World Series. This is the real World Series. We're playing for our country. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if you're a guy from the Dominican, I mean, you you like that Chicago pays the check, but you didn't grow up there. They're not your, you know what I mean? Like, it's not your home. And so yeah. I think these guys played with an emotion that was just that you couldn't compare it to, you know, knowing knowing that your whole country is watching back home. I think that does something for a lot of these guys. And so I don't think it, it is uh, any disrespect to the World Series itself or to their team to say, hey, man, this this is bigger to me than the World Series. That's not to say those dudes want to don't want to go win the World Series. But it's like if I know that my grandma and San Pedro de Macariz or Santiago or, or, or uh, Santo Domingo is watching and she never gets to watch me play baseball. If I know that all my friends that I grew up with uh, in Benny in the Dominican Republic, or if I know that, that, that my doctor, the person that used to babysit me uh, in Bayamon in Puerto Rico is watching me, I, I, I would understand why these guys like are really not only amped up, but like, no, I have to do this because I'm doing this for them. Like I'm trying to win this for them. I think Benji Gill, the Mexico's manager, uh, told some player like, hey, your bats are not yours, right? Your bats are for Mexico. And I think there's something so uh, it almost sounds heroic. Like he's so saying that and hearing that. But it's really cool. Like, man, no, you think about it. Yeah, these aren't my ABs, right? I can't go out here trying to you know, hit the ball of the ballpark. Like I, I'm trying to win this for my team, for my country. And I got to tell you, Russell, the only thing that did disappoint me about the entire tournament is, okay, I get pool play or maybe even the quarterfinals, but you're telling me that, that, that Fox had better programming uh, for the, for the semi or the finals than, than the world baseball classic. I watched, I, I, I went and I looked to see what was on that night and you're telling me, I don't know. I, I figured that once they saw the numbers and what the numbers were doing, that they might've tried to bump it in or something. I don't know. That just was confusing to me. I don't know if you know anything about that or why it wouldn't be on the main thing, because there are some people that cut the cord that don't have cable TV. So it should have really been in front of everybody on regular Fox. You know, I, I, I definitely understand what you're saying. And, and for you, like you said, for people who cut the cord and we're seeing everything that's happening with regional sports networks and, and things like that, uh, that might be the only thing that we could would have changed, right? Being able to have those games, you know, on on regular Fox for everybody to see. You had your number one broadcasters on that, and Joe Davis and John Smoltz, and, and so I think you realize how important this was putting your number one broadcast team on it. But yeah, you know, I, I I would agree with you. Like that would be the one thing. Like man, you, you if you want to reach even more demographics, having that game on, I, I think would have been huge. And, and I talked to my partner, Dustin, about this, you know, that, that what ends up happening is that, like, when you think about baseball and the television numbers that it does, like, the, like a Thursday night football game with two mediocre teams does better numbers by far than a World Series game. Right. So this was an opportunity, like I said, to really reach the casual fan. You and I, Russ, we're going to watch WBC. We're going to watch Winter League Ball. We're right. going to reach KBO, right. whatever. Right. But it, it's, it's not about us. It's about that next generation of fan, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I and I think that is something that regardless of what a network does, I think people being able to see this the way that baseball fans have talked about this, the way I've heard people who aren't the biggest baseball friends talk about it, say, man, I will watch that Shohei Otani guy every day for the rest of this year. I think the fact that he as, as a player is already a superstar, but I think he has a real opportunity to transcend the sport in a similar way that Lionel Messi and Ronaldo have done for soccer to what LeBron did for, for basketball. I think that's what you're going to see uh, Shohei Otani go to in this next year. Now, I mean, we got to touch really quick on the injuries to Diaz Altuve. I I'm glad no. that there was a lot of people that spoke up because th those injuries can happen anywhere. I mean, one right. was a fluke injury. The other guy got hit by a pitch that happens in spring training. Um, you know, that's going to happen, but it shouldn't mar what the what the tournament was. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Those those things are terrible and unfortunate. And you want those guys to come back uh, as soon as possible. Uh, and for people who say, oh, well, this is why guys shouldn't play in WBC because they're going to go out there and they can get hit or they can get injured. Look what we saw happen to Reese Hoskins today. 
feeling a ground ball, something that he does hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times, and he goes out there and tears his ACL, which is so unfortunate a week away from opening day. At the same time, if that happened in the WBC, everybody would want to say something about it. And so it's one of those things, playing a sport, there are going to be freak accidents that happen, and you can't control them, right? Like you or I can go out there, and there could be a freak accident. And we can't control that. So to to blame that, it's so unfair to blame what was an awesome tournament and blame that for these guys getting injured. Now, I thought this quote was interesting. Obviously, the U.S., you know, within one run of Japan, like you said, Otani versus Trout for that final out. And and after this, while the celebration was going on, um, Nolan Arenado said, quote, players need to do this. We have a really good team, but we need more stars. We need more guys. Why not? I think it's important to play in it. You're throwing hard in spring training. You're playing hard. You might as well do it here on a big stage for your country. When I looked at USA's lineup, lineup really looked solid to me. But but as far as pitching, obviously there was a glaring weakness there. Do you think that more American players are going to play on the WBC next time around because of what they saw this time? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and I, yeah, the, the pitching was coming in. Uh, Team USA's weakness, is it ended up being the thing that cost them a WBC title. But I think there are a lot of guys who watch this like you and I uh, who play in the big leagues and say, you know what, man, that looks like so much fun. I really enjoyed this experience. And in hearing and seeing the quotes from guys on Team USA, like, man, this is the most fun I've ever had on a baseball field. These two weeks being with these guys representing Team USA was the most fun I've ever had. I think that speaks volumes. And they're going to go back and they're going to tell their teammates about that experience. And you know guys are going to be like, man, I want to. I want to be a part of something like that. Last thing I got to ask you, I got I got to have you put your Cubs reporter hat back on. Okay. Uh, talking about Marcus Stroman, Javier Assad, and Owen Casey, three guys I thought really had you know to me as a Cub fan, those were the guys I, that really impressed me as far as the World Baseball Classic, especially Assad. Yeah, look, I think with Javier Assad, and if you're a Cubs fan, you're really excited from what you saw because. Uh, Look, this is a guy who was hitting the upper 90s on the gun. And you're like, whoa, where did that come from? Uh, One, I think it's being amped up of representing your country. But two, hey, maybe this is somebody you see how the rebuild or retool has gone. And you're going to have your blue chippers, right? You're going to have your guys like PCA and Brennan Davis. But you need some guys to surprise you, right? You need some guys that were not thought of that contribute at, at the big league level. And that could definitely be an area where you see a guy like a Javier Assad really take the next step. Russ, I really appreciate you coming on the fly, the W podcast. Where can our listeners find more of your work as far as where can they read it? Where they, can they follow yeah. you on Twitter? You can read all my stuff, uh, ballysports.com. Uh, I'm doing a ton of stuff over there, video content. Uh, I have an interview with Dansby Swanson uh, that I think Cubs fans will really enjoy at Russ underscore Dorsey one on Twitter at Russ underscore Dorsey on IG. Russ, I appreciate you. I miss you on the Cubs beat and uh, I hope you can continue success and thanks for hopping on. And we look forward to having you back on in the future. My God. Thanks Carly. Appreciate the invite. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Season 2, Episode number 21, a World Baseball Classic for the Ages. This is the Fly the W Podcast. Don't forget to listen, download, review, and subscribe to it. And Crawley, let's talk about the U.S. They come in second to Team Japan, but they did pound Team Cuba 14-2. Yeah, this was really... 
I think baseball needed this. This was something, again, with, with the lockout last season and all that craziness and COVID before that, I am. I think this got me fired up for baseball, and I think it was absolutely important to the sport. Uh, we talked about uh, last time on the Fly the W com, uh, podcast that, that the U.S. pounded Cuba, like you said, and so now you ended up having a good game. The other semifinal game was phenomenal. Team Japan taking on Team Mexico to see who would secure their spot in the finals. These two games, Dustin, was what baseball was all about. In the classic David versus Goliath story, you have Team Mexico, right, who shocked a lot of baseball observers for getting as far as they did, taking on the powerhouse Japanese team. It was a pitcher's duel early until the fourth inning. Luis Urias of the Brewers hit a three-run blast to put Team Mexico up three to nothing. That lead would hold until the bottom of the seventh as the Angels, Pat, uh, Patrick Sandoval, and the Astros, Jose Urquidy, held the mighty Japanese squad scoreless. Remember that name, Dustin. Jose Urquidy, that was the player that Jed thought he had traded for Wilson Contreras until Dusty Baker torpedoed the deal. So yep. he did really great in that game. He, he came in, he pitched well, and then with two outs in the seventh, he gave up a single to Kensuke Koto. And so Mexicans, Mexico's manager went to the pen and called on Cardinals pitcher Jojo Romero to get the final out of the inning. The first batter he has to face is Shohei Otani, who he walks. Okay, that's going to happen. You know, you're going to walk. You know, you're going to be very careful with Shohei Otani. But then the next batter, Masataka Yoshida, hit a towering two-run homer to tie the game. Complete momentum shift, shock. But after just giving up the lead. In the, eight, in the seventh, in the eighth inning, Randy Arena, who absolutely made Team Mexico just so much fun. The guy was just laughing, smiling, making amazing catches, hitting the crap out of the ball, throwing baseballs in the, you know, during in the dugout during the game. I, I couldn't even count how many baseballs he was throwing to fans. He leads off the inning with a double, followed by a double by Alex Verdugo, and then a single by Joey Menenses and Isaac Paredes to put Mexico back up five to three. But Menenses was thrown out at the plate on that Paredes single to end the inning. So that that potential run is going to come up huge here. Japan scored a run to make it 5-4 to four in the eighth. Mexico couldn't score in the ninth. And Japan was three outs away from elimination. Leading off, Shohei Otani doubles. Matsuzaka Yoshida walks. And then Munitaka Muramaki doubled to walk it off. Stunning Team Japan. Or, or, yeah. And Team Mexico. Yeah, both both sides were stunned, Crawley. It was absolutely unbelievable. And and Dustin, when I kind of take a look at this game, Mexico's manager Benji Gill said Japan advances, but the world of baseball won tonight. And I felt that about the entire tournament is that it really didn't matter who won. If you are a baseball purist, if you enjoyed baseball, or maybe if you were just getting into baseball for the first time, this was an exciting, exciting tournament. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. I think a couple different people said it. Uh, baseball won. That's what happened. This was a win. This was a win for baseball, and I hope it carries through into the start of the regular season. Now, that set up the matchup we were all waiting for, Team USA versus Team Japan. Pomp and circumstance. Trout leads out the U.S. team, while his Angels teammate Shoei Otani led out the Japanese team. Trey Turner started out the scoring with his third home run in three games to put the U.S. up one nothing in the top of the second. Japan immediately answered with a Munitaka Murakawi solo home run to lead off the inning to tie it. Lars Nootbar grounded out with the bases loaded to make it a 2-1 uh, Team Japan lead, but it could have been, or a 2-1 lead for the U.S., but it could have been way worse as Japan had the bases loaded with only one out and, and scored only one run. So it's 2-1 two, no, two Japan on that one. In the bottom of the fourth, Kazuzama Omokata homered to put Japan in front three to one. And that's how it stayed until who else, Dustin? Mr. Big Game, Kyle Schwarber, hit one of his majestic blasts off his old Cubs teammate, Yu Darvish, in an epic 10 pitch at bat to pull the U.S. within one, three to two. I, I just, I, I, I love, <laughs> you got to know that I love that. I absolutely love that he hit that off of you, Darvish. Loved it. Well, let, let's take a look at this right here real quick, Dustin. Kyle Schwarber hit a home run, has homered in the NL wildcard game, the AL wildcard game, the NL division series, 
the AL Division Series, the NL Championship Series, the AL Championship Series, the World Series, the World Baseball Classic, and the World Baseball Classic Championship Game. If Pretty that impressive. Doesn't scream, Pretty impressive. <laughs> if that doesn't scream big game, I don't know what does. And I and 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 I, I'm like you. I just for seven million dollars to non-tender him and let him walk. That that was a bad one. That was a bad one. Uh, that I said on the score. I said if I was ever allowed to have a beer with uh, Jed and or Theo, and I could ask any question I wanted, and I could be given an honest answer that I would not repeat on the air. That would be my question. How in the world explain to me why you let him get away? That would be my question. It is, it is where we are. And so in the ninth inning, Shohei Otani comes out of the bullpen to thunderous applause. He walked Jeff McNeil, but then got Mookie Betts to ground into a double play. So team USA down to their last out. Who is the batter coming up? Mike Trout. I mean, how poetic, how baseball, Hollywood, Crowley, it's Hollywood. You couldn't, this is, this is writing a script. That's what's going on here. Seriously. The two greatest players in baseball teammates facing each other to decide the tournament. And it goes three to two, you know, it's going to go three to two. And, and Otani's throwing 101, 102 mile per hour fastballs. Trout is staying alive and you just wonder who's going to give in and eventually you know, he's seeing 102, 102, and all of a sudden, Otani rips a slider that just dots the corner to give Japan the WBC. Absolutely an amazing ending to an amazing tournament. And like I said, I just, I was so happy to see that, and, and, and it was so much fun, just so enjoyable. I don't know about how enjoyable and fun it was. I would rather Team USA win, but I understand where you're coming from. I guess for me, Dustin, I didn't have a horse in this race. I didn't care if Team USA, I didn't care, like I'm not like got my flag on and my USA chant going. I just wanted to see great baseball and a great tournament. You, and I well, think you I saw that. that. You you got that. You have, If that's what you wanted, you got it. You did get that. And here's the thing, Dustin, is that you're trying to make baseball a worldwide sport. And I think that there's going to be, for years, people are going to talk about this World Baseball Classic and how it oh, got yeah. them It'll into be remembered. The sport. You're right. Yep. It'll be remembered. Yep. How, there's going to be some kid in 15 years that said, I was a little kid watching that, and I wanted to be part of that World Baseball Classic. And maybe that kid's from the Czech Republic. Maybe that kid's from uh, Taiwan. Maybe that kid's from Mexico. But think about this. The total attendance for 15 World Baseball Classic games in Miami, just in Miami, was 475,269. The Marlins' attendance for 2022, 81 home games, was 907,487. So think about when you, when you think about Crazy. the numbers around here. I mean, it was in Japan and in Puerto Rico in that Puerto Rico Dominican game that we were talking about. Yeah. The the attend the amount of people turning on the game was 65 percent American households. Dustin, that that's just ridiculous. I mean, I don't think people understand. And, and here's the thing is that when you look at this, baseball has suffered in this country. It really has not. You, when I was growing up, it was still pretty big. When my dad growing up, it was the number one sport in the country. Now, a Thursday night meaningless football game with two crappy teams can out can outdraw a World oh, Series not, game. Not just outdraw. I mean, dominate it. I mean, absolutely dominate it. Yes. And, and, and I, I, I am one who hopes that... I have been saying this whole time, I hope the changes that they made with the rules, which have been talked about, I'm hoping that the World Baseball Classic, I'm hoping all these things draw interest in the game of baseball because to me it's the greatest sport that's out there. And and I think that the World Baseball Classic did a phenomenal job of showcasing the talent. And my hope is is that it continues. I hope that if you, Dustin, if you want better results for the USA, more US, more American players have got to get involved in it. I think with the USA, I think that 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 the hitters had a pre, they had a pretty darn good lineup, pretty good representative lineup. Some of the best players when you talk about Mookie Betts and Mike Trout and Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt. But what they didn't have was pitching. 
And and if they didn't have enough, they didn't have enough pitching, and and hopefully they'll get that the next time around. Absolutely, I totally agree with you, Crowley. I think the rules and what happened in the World Baseball Classic is a real nice uh, exacta, if you will, to get the uh, baseball fans into this and get things going. And again, Crowley, it starts a week from today, and you will be there for what your twenty third consecutive home opener. 23rd consecutive home opener. I'm going to be starting, if you if you follow me on social media, at Crawley's Cubs, I will be kind of uh, tracking my progress of the day as best I can for as long as I can remember to, uh, starting at output first thing in the morning. Don't forget to listen, download, review, and subscribe to the Fly the W podcast. Follow us on socials, Fly the W670 on Facebook gmail.com and now you can watch us on youtube by subscribing to the 670 the score youtube channel crawley have a great weekend and uh hopefully you get uh, everything you want in the next couple of days and as you like to say go go Cubs. Cubs. it's all over